Welcome to the Career Zone podcast. I'm Ray, an employability and careers consultant here at the University of Exeter. And in this episode, we're going to be thinking about digital encoding as part of our spring term skills campaign. Now, a lot of students are always asking us, you know, where can I get jobs? What can I do? And this is actually a job sector that there's lots of opportunity, lots of demand for graduate roles in at the moment. So today I'm really pleased to be joined by a special guest, Adam. So start off, maybe Adam, you can tell us who you are. Yes. Hi, my name is Adam Alton and I'm the technical co-founder of a company called Fiddleleaf which is an online personal development and well-being platform. So I do all the coding for that. Great, thank you, welcome. That sounds like a really interesting project that you're working on, a startup. So interesting thing to be thinking about, I guess always in the tech space is how many startups are out there and what that might mean in terms of mindset and opportunity for students. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's it's almost a kind of buzzword at the moment, like tech startups, lots of people getting on board. I guess there are lots of people coming up with ideas. And I think because coding is so accessible, like most people have access to a laptop these days, and there are so many free tools available, that there is just a huge flurry of people coming up with ideas and wanting to create things and being able to put those ideas into practice you don't need to go and buy a factory or you know build a building or any of those sort of really expensive things you can get started almost for free so there are lots of people doing it and at the same time as that I guess there is money to be made in it you can look at one extreme end of the scale which is companies like Google and Facebook I guess there are a lot of investors looking at that kind of thing going we want to be the next Facebook or whatever and shoveling money into it and then some more kind of realistic ventures of a slightly smaller scale. Really useful insights thank you Adam. So you're here as a co-founder of a of a tech startup you're coding as part of that is that something you were trained to do is that what you studied for how did you get into it? It's not something that I have any official qualifications in so my degree was in music which might seem unrelated, although I think they actually sort of strangely have some things in common. So I studied music at university and my band needed a website. And I ended up just sort of through frustration in the person who was going to do it, not doing it. I ended up just trying to build our band's website myself. In doing so, I discovered that I quite enjoyed it. And the more I got into it and the more features I wanted to add to it, the more I sort of slightly accidentally got into the world of coding. Not only did I enjoy it, but then those skills were in demand and people were going, oh, you can build websites, can you build one for me? Eventually, people were far more willing to employ me to build websites than they were to employ me to play the drums. And so I just sort of naturally sort of almost like drifted into that as a career. So not something you set out to do or were planning for in the first place. You said you drifted into it. How do you feel about that drifting? Has it worked out well for you? It's worked out extremely well. I sometimes look back on this and just think how fortunate I was to to sort of discover this. I find it so enjoyable as a as a career and as a profession and 
it's so in demand at the moment. You just said that you really enjoy working in this area. Can you tell me a bit more about what it is that you enjoy about it? So I think there are probably several aspects to that. The first aspect is just the job of writing code for a living, which I think to a lot of people sounds really dull. And when you say coding, people are like, oh, you just kind of like stare at ones and zeros on the screen. And people think that must be incredibly dull. And I think there's a real misconception about that, really in society in general. I think we look at coding as being this dull, dry, academic pursuit. Whereas actually, and this is where I think it links to music, I think it's a really creative pursuit. In music, you have essentially 12 different notes before they then repeat themselves. But from that set of 12 notes, we have effectively infinite pieces of music that we can create. We are still creating new pieces of music. We haven't reached the limit of those 12 notes yet. And the same in coding, there are a limited number of things you can tell a computer to do. But from that, we have an just infinite flow of ideas of new apps, tools, websites, pieces of software. And coding, I think, is this just really enjoyable way of being able to take ideas and make them real. There is also something quite addictive about it in that it's effectively problem solving. And as you write a an app or a website or whatever you're building, you come across little things and you think, oh, I need to be able to make that button do that thing. And you code at it for a while and then you get it working and you think, ah, but now I need to make it do this. And every time you come across one of those small problems, you get a little challenge. And when you complete that challenge, you get a dopamine hit effectively and you get this piece of enjoyment and satisfaction. And coding is just this series of little dopamine hits as you create and build things. So it's actually just really enjoyable. And I think that kind of slightly addictive nature to it is why people find themselves still writing code at two in the morning trying to create something because they're just so engrossed in it. The other great part about that is like people pay you to do it. And the jobs in coding are well paid and there are plenty of them and it's great fun and you get to work with intelligent engaged people solving interesting problems. Sounds great I might go out and learn to code. You've just said actually working at two in the morning and I wonder whether that links to some of the things that I hear about working in the tech sector around flexibility, workplace culture, that kind of thing. What can you tell me about what it's like as an as an industry to work in? So I think there are several aspects that come off that that flexibility the first is obviously you can work from anywhere and i think even more so now with the pandemic employers who previously had a sort of attitude of like well you can work from home but we prefer you to be in the office i think that is breaking down slightly and i think employers are becoming more open to greater levels of flexibility in my sort of previous 10 years of writing code I've mostly worked in an office but I've also gone home and worked at my parents place for a week or if I've got someone coming around to fix the boiler or whatever I work from home for a day so it provides a a really great flexibility. Sounding even more appealing the more we go on so you taught yourself to code by this kind of series of coincidences that meant you taught yourself more and more you're here working on your startup now what was the interim you've talked about working in offices what kind of jobs have you had how have you built your career to be at the point where you're now 
starting up your own business? Yes, it's probably worth going back and talking a little bit more about my transition from building a website for my band to actually having a you know paid job doing it. I guess the main thing that pushed that move was after I'd built the website for my band and a couple of other small websites for people, I decided that I wanted to make a website that would let you search for cheap train tickets. And at the time, we're talking 2006, nothing like this really existed. If you wanted to go home from university at Easter and you didn't really mind when you travelled because you were a student and fairly flexible, but you wanted the cheapest ticket, there was no way to just say, I want to travel any time between Tuesday afternoon and Thursday morning. You had to go and search specific train times and just slowly, tediously work your way through all of them to find cheap tickets. And I decided I was going to make a website that would just let you put in where you wanted to go and it would go and find the cheap tickets for you. I had no idea how to do this. I just had a bit too much, I don't know whether it was confidence or stupidity, but decided to just embark on trying to make this website. And I probably spent about four months trying to do this. And I sort of emphasise that because it's not as if writing code is something that you sort of pick up overnight. But I guess in having that project and that focus, that thing I wanted to achieve, it helped me to learn the things I needed to learn because I just went, okay, I need to be able to connect my website to this other website to get details of train tickets. I have no idea how to do that. I'll go and read about it. And I I read a, a lot of Wikipedia reading about HTTP connections and all kinds of things. But that, yeah, that process of trying to build something, which is something I would really recommend for people getting into coding, pick a project and come up with an idea, try to build it, try to make it, and that will force you to learn the things that you need to learn. So after that, essentially that project failed, partly because it was sort of illegal in the way I was connecting to other websites to pull data from them. But at the end of that sort of four month period, I had slightly accidentally taught myself a whole load of coding skills as a byproduct of trying to make this train ticket website. After that, I made a few other websites for people. And then I moved to Bristol and started just applying for jobs, building websites, and got a job with a company called Team Rubber, which is a silly name, but a brilliant group of people. And they took me on, I think, largely because they realized that I had taught myself things and I didn't quite know all the things that they needed me to know, but they realized I would be able to learn them. So they took me on when I was really quite inexperienced and I spent about a year there working on mostly online consultation websites. We did online consultations for UK government, for the BBC, for the US government. So it was really like great experience. Spent about a year there and then I moved to London and started working for a company called Potato. They are a web development agency, so they build things for other people. And most of our work was building things for Google. So again, really good experience. I got to build things that I was probably out of my depth in, to be honest, uh, but gave me like just brilliant experience and really pushed me to learn new things. And I spent nine years at Potato and it was a really great company. We started really small. There were about five of us when I first started there. It, It grew to about 100 people in about five years. So it gave me some really good experience in eventually kind of managing people and overseeing bigger projects and just working on some really interesting things. That's the interim between 
essentially my music degree and then starting Fiddleleaf. Thank you for sharing so much of your story. It's really inspiring to hear it. And one thing that really jumped out to me as you were talking, winding back a few minutes now, was that you said that first project you applied yourself to and ultimately it failed. And I think that there's often a real kind of fear of failure that haunts us. And it's really interesting to hear about how going through that failure experience is almost the key thing, it sounds like, that's got you through what's actually been quite an incredible career. Yes, I, I think I certainly didn't, I wasn't properly aware of it at the time, but in spending those months trying to build that train ticket website, I had this sort of dream in my head that I would change the world and I was going to make cheap train tickets easily accessible to everyone in the UK. And the yeah, the dream didn't happen, but I that's why I say slightly accidentally picked up those skills along the way. And that was the really valuable thing that I got out of it. And I think if I went back now to try to build that train ticket website, I might actually have a bit more awareness, a bit more of the kind of business savvy to possibly have a more realistic go at that. It wasn't the failure. It was a, I don't know what you'd call it, <laughs> a brilliant lack of success. And there's actually something that people talk about in the tech world as a deliberate strategy called like fail fast, where you can apply this to sort of different things. But the, the general idea is if you're going to try something and you think it might not work, try the most difficult version of it first so that if it's not going to work, you find out more quickly. So people might be like, OK, we're going to uh, rebuild our existing website using this new library of code and it might not work because it might get tricky so instead of starting with the easy bits and doing those and then getting to the difficult bit later they start with the difficult bit in order to yeah deliberately fail quickly if it's not going to work the thing about it is they don't see that as failure they see that as a brilliant learning because they learned more quickly what it was that wasn't going to work or they got the lessons out of it faster basically thank you I'm feeling inspired by what I've heard from you and I'm imagining that some of our student listeners, graduate listeners out there might also be thinking maybe that could be a, a career I might be looking at. So you've shared some tips as we've gone through our conversation. Are there any final tips or suggestions you've got if anyone's now feeling interested to go into teaching themselves to code maybe or the tech space, what should they be doing? So I would say a few things. The first thing is one that I've already said, which is try to build something. I think if you go into coding and you only read articles and tutorials and read books about it, you probably won't get the joy from it. And although you need to balance reading and learning things with actually trying things, I think if you don't get your hands on the keyboard and actually try to do something, you won't get the enjoyment from it. And you probably won't really learn things properly because you won't struggle and spend two hours swearing at this error that it's giving you and then finally discover it and have some revelation about how this thing works. I think that's where the real learning comes in is actually trying to make something. So it doesn't really matter what it is. Maybe you want to make like a database of your favorite types of squirrel or like a website for sharing photos of cats. Just come up with an idea Go for a simple idea because it's probably going to be more difficult and involve more swearing than you think it will. 
and try to make something. So that's my sort of first piece of advice. I would also say if you get stuck and you do find yourself just staring at a screen that's giving you some error message and getting frustrated, that happens to all of us. Uh, it still happens to me now, but push through it and you will get there. And then I guess the other thing is, and I, I speak with not very much authority on this because it doesn't apply to me, but I think coding is not necessarily something that everyone is going to get a lot of joy out of, just like everyone's not going to enjoy being a helicopter pilot or working in sales or whatever it might be. But for lots of people, it is something which they get a huge amount of joy out of. And if there are people out there who haven't discovered that yet, then I've really encouraged them to give it a try. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the Career Zone podcast for this digital and coding skills themed episode. So thank you, Adam. So if you want to find out more about Fiddleleaf or Adam Alton's work, where should people be looking? So the Fiddleleaf website is F-I-D-L-L-E-A-F.com. And the best place to find me personally is probably on Twitter and I am at Alton Powers, spelt same as Alton Towers, on Twitter. This was the Career Zone podcast, brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. You can find this series on iTunes, Spotify and Podbean, so do subscribe and follow to keep up with our latest releases. And we would love to hear from you, so if there's something on your mind, then share your thoughts or questions on Instagram at UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone, or Twitter at UOE Careers. Include hashtag CareerZonePodcast and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes. Finally, of course, you can find out more information about all the support we offer at exeter.ac.uk slash careers.